we're talking minor league, but it's going to be major league fun, I promise. Welcome back to the Stadium Journey podcast, and thanks for listening. Stadium Journey and Stadium Journey Magazine is the industry leader in stadium reviews for the sports fan with full stadium reviews of over 2,600 sporting venues in 61 countries. Check out all the reviews on our website, www.stadiumjourney.com. Also, check us out on social media on facebook.com slash stadiumjourney, on Twitter at stadiumjourney, and on Instagram also at stadiumjourney. And if you like what you hear on the podcast or see on the website, think about supporting our work on Patreon. Supporter levels start at just $2 per month and come with exclusive members-only rewards. Go to patreon.com slash stadiumjourney for details. And to find all the best podcasts on the internet, go to our host website, HIACTalkRadio.com. There you'll find Obey the Puck, along with our wrestling and MMA podcasts. You can also find all of HIAC's wonderful other podcasts on any of your finer aggregators. Check us out on Twitter at HIACTalkRadio. Ever wonder how many stadiums you've been to and how that compares to your friends? Or what your favorite team's record is based on only the games that you've attended? There is now an app for that. Sports Passport. The easy way to track, chronicle, and relive every game you attend. Visit sportspassport.com or find Sports Passport in the Apple App Store today. Sports Passport is the official sponsor of the Stadium Journey podcast. Now, it's time to introduce the team. I am Paul Baker. You can follow my Stadium Journeys on Twitter at PuckmanRI. With me once again is Dave Cotney. Dave, where can the people follow your journeys online? You can follow me at Sports Passport, a view from my seat, Twitter, and Instagram at Profan9. Also joining us once again back home after a week on the road is Mark Viquez. Mark, where can the listeners follow your stadium journeys online? Uh, just follow me on Twitter at Ballpark Hunter. And last but certainly not least is our producer coming to us today from Big Bone Lake, Kentucky, the above-average comedian, Dan Calachico. Dan, where can our listeners follow you online? I'm lost. Follow me online at <laughs> DanLaw83. Anyone ever been to Big Bone Lake, Kentucky? No idea where that. Yes, I'm there I've right now. I've driven by it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> and we also have a special guest with us tonight, and he's actually our first repeat guest. Sean McDonald is here once again. Sean, where can our listeners follow you online? I have a blog at sportsroadtrips.com, and I'm on Twitter at sportsroadtrips. Excellent blog, if anyone hasn't checked it out. Excellent. I just read your last entry, which was about, was it about Augusta? I put one up about Wilmington uh, a few days ago. Wilmington, that was the one. Hey, congratulations, by the way. Thank you very much. To your family. Yes. Her first game. Four uh, months nice, old. Nice. Train nice. them young. Train them young, right? Yep. So tonight's topic will be the ballparks of minor league baseball. This is a topic that almost to a man we are well versed in. Sean, you're with us tonight because you have visited all 160 active affiliated minor league ballparks. Is that correct? That is true. I just got back from Augusta, which was the only new park to open this year. And with that, I've uh, continued to maintain that membership in all 160 active minor league parks. Beautiful. And Dave, how many have you visited? Uh, I think we said 20, 26. 26, 26 yeah. And Mark, how about yourself? Uh, I have 99 current minor league ballparks, 254 if you count past and independent and college and all that. And by the end of the season, I will have visited 69 ballparks. What up? 
And Dan, <laughs> sixty-nine. <laughs> yeah, so I went Gronk for a second there. Dan, I know you've been to at least one minor league ballpark. What's your number? Uh, well, apparently it's one. I thought it was three, but I guess it's one because the other no, two. No, it's two. Two. The Atlantic City was affiliated. I thought you no. said you went to Trenton. I did to go to Trenton, Atlantic City, and Trenton Camden. Counts. Oh, and Potomac. Four. You and I went to a game at Potomac four. together. Man. Four. <laughs> All right. So. Yeah, so before we jump into minor league baseball, I thought we would, uh, as we always do, start by recapping our recent visits in the past couple of weeks. And I got to say, this might be our busiest recap session ever because, man, like Johnny Cash says at the end of our show, we've been everywhere. Mark, you were the winner of the big trip, so do you want to start off? Yes, I think the last time you spoke to me, I was uh, day one of my uh, six-day excursion to six different ballparks. I started off at Regions Field, and I think the last time the audience heard me, I was going to go downstairs to look for people. Unfortunately, there was a small crowd that was due to the subtropical storm that came in. But I got to tell you something, uh, that is one of my favorite ballparks, uh, that Region Field, I tell you. It is modern. It is sleek. It's comfortable. It has this really awesome location downtown. It's an area that's growing, and they have something called the Switchyard, which is this social area for all ages right outside the first baseline. So, uh, you know, the Barons really, uh, really, really did a nice job with the construction of that ballpark. Uh, if you ever see any pictures of the outside Birmingham side sign on the uh, first baseline, uh, it definitely stands out among some of the ballparks in double A and single A. Uh, next day was the Rickwood Classic. Uh, just very surreal experience. It's almost like I have to go back to take it in again. Uh, here's a, a stadium from 1910. It has no apologies. It's not modern. It's not comfortable. When you go to a game there, you are experiencing minor league baseball from that era, you know, maybe 20s, 30s and 40s as well. The old ads, the old scoreboards, the 1938 lights, the, the small inner concourse. It's all there. Nothing is modern, not even the bathrooms or the players locker rooms. Truly one of the, the more memorable experiences I've had at a minor league game. And I, I just wish, uh, just wish I can go back every year because I definitely would, uh, take in that experience over and over again. Next day I went to the, a newer ballpark, SunTrust Stadium in, uh, Atlanta. And, uh, very comfortable ballpark. Very nice, modern. It has all the bells and whistles you need. Instead of being in downtown Atlanta, they have it up uh, about 15 miles northwest of town, and they have something called the Battery, which is a little mini downtown right outside the stadium, which is full of excitement. It has drumline dancers. It has a, a grass area for the kids to play in. It has a giant jumbotron, just in case the Braves make the playoffs this year. The fans can watch. Fun little place, nice little location, uh, decent pricing. They have a wonderful little Hall of Fame section there for the past players. Next day, I went down to Macon, which is a ballpark that is almost 90 years old, home of the Macon Bacon of the Coastal Plain League. And uh, they added a few new things to the ancient stadium. They, they have a, a beer garden. Uh, they have updated their bathrooms. They added signage, covered grandstand. And uh, that place is going places. A lot of fun. The people I talked to there were excited and thrilled that baseball was back. And uh, they think they had two sold-out crowds the first night, and I'm not quite sure how they've been selling since then. But I can guarantee you that's going to be a rocking place this year. 
down in Macon. So uh fun time there. Always nice to see the first first game of a franchise. Um, I, next day I went to Rome. Very laid back atmosphere. That's home to the Rome Braves. Just a, just a basic ballpark, nothing fancy, but it fits the community pretty well. One highlight was the Hat Shack. They had a nice assortment of hats for ten dollars, and you know you you can't get any better than that. Ten dollar hats. Ten dollar hats. That's crazy. That's crazy talk. Yeah, ten dollar hats. I mean, it's kind of crazy, but it's crazy. Yeah, they had all. I mean, it was a giant selection. It wasn't like, hey, we want to get rid of these cruddy hats we made from the All Star game. No, there were some nice nice selections there. I almost bought a couple. Uh, next day, I went to Lexington, home of the Lexington Legends. Rome and Lexington, those two ballparks are car- carbon copies. Lexington's a little bit larger. And uh, Lexington, I was a little bit disappointed that Dickie's Barbecue Stand was closed. <laughs> I'm not quite sure what was going on there, but I did get some ke- kebab in it, which is a kebab stand, full, uh, steak kebabs, chicken kebabs, and homemade sauces done by a local local vendor. And uh, he serves them up nice and fresh. So that was exciting. And uh, that's it for baseball. It was an exciting week. Also got to check out the uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium, home of the uh, Falcons. I took a tour of that. So uh, did a little football and soccer action on the side as well. Nice. Now, had you been to Bacon back when it was an affiliated ballpark? No, that was my first time to make it in my life. I had never been down there. Oh, I also want to give a shout-out to Macon Brewing Company. Whatever you put in that Macon Love beer. Delicious. <laughs> Delicious. So, yeah, first time in Macon. I, I, it's a completely new stadium for what a lot of people have told me. Uh, just the updates were, were, were huge. And I'm sure there'll be more updates as the years go on because this team will be successful. It's not going anywhere. Nice. It's, I, I think that's a topic we'll probably get into some, some point is the repurposing of all these old ballparks and, uh, how people are keeping them alive or how cities are keeping them alive for the use. Uh, Rome. I, I liked Rome. You were saying there wasn't much to it, but I don't know what it is. I remember a lot of kids running around wearing shorts and cowboy boots in Rome. Well, how long were you there? Like how um, many years ago? When did I go to Atlanta? I think it was like three or four years ago. Okay. Yeah, you know, it could have been the day. You know, it just could have been a very lazy day. And uh, not that I, I had had any complaints about the crowds. They did have a they, they have a team of, of young women that get the crowd excited with uh, in between promotions. And they had a couple mascots running around. Uh, so it, it was fun. It's just to me, maybe after six days of baseball, I was kind of puckered out and, you know, uh, it just didn't do too much for me. Yeah. And they still, you said they still sell the uh, fried bologna sandwiches down at the barbecue stand. Yeah. Fried bologna and uh, Bubba's boiled, barbecue. Yeah. Yeah. Bubba's barbecue. Do not get the boiled peanuts there. They are canned peanuts that they heat up in a crock pot. Total diss to the fine makers of, Boiled peanuts along the roads of South Carolina. Hey, so it sounds like it was a great trip. Yeah, it was fun. And I do want, do want to thank, uh, Mr. Lloyd Brown for, uh, his Southern hospitality by keeping me in his apartment for a couple of days, mm-hmm. taking care of me, showing me around the town. Thank you, sir. And uh, if you're ever up in Indy, I'll return the favor. Yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd said that now that he has indoctrinated one of the Stadium Journey podcast <laughs> crew in the ways of the South. Yes. Dave is next, and then I'm uh, I'm on deck in, in August, I guess, yeah. at the yeah, Brown B&B. Have him take <laughs> you to the Publix next door and get one of those, like, chicken tenor sandwiches. They're amazing. So, so uh, thanks, Mark. Uh, Dave, you headed south of the border again this past weekend? I did hit south of the border 
uh, this weekend. Um, but we had a bit of a, a sad spell here uh, in Kitchener. Uh, last week we had um, Don Cameron, who was the voice of the Kitchener Rangers. For over 50 years, uh, he just died last week. So um, I know, I think every sports fan ha has this when they're a kid and it's time for bed and they're sent up to their room and the radio goes on, which, you know, mom says, turn it off, but you turn it on anyway and uh, you fall asleep to whatever your local sports team is. And for me, uh, I listened to two voices when I was a kid. I listened to Tom Cheek, who was the voice of the Toronto Blue Jays, and I listened to Don Cameron, who was the voice of the Kitchener Rangers. So uh, very, uh, very humble guy. You will find almost nothing in the odd uh, for Don Cameron, and I hope that changes, even though that's not the way he wanted it. Um, he absolutely deserves some recognition. So that was a little bit sad for us. Uh, but life goes on. And for us, that life meant taking in some Paul Baker lacrosse. Not that crazy Canadian box stuff, but that wide-open Paul Baker field lacrosse. So I went to Obitz, Ohio, which is uh, basically a village south of Columbus, and went to the first-ever Major League Lacrosse-only facility at For Fortress Obitz, home of the Ohio Machine. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, this this place. It, there's not a ton of pictures out there, but it is a super unique structure. And basically, it almost looks castle-like from the outside. Uh, big kind of dark foreboding-looking uh, structure. And basically, they've made a square out of it, uh, two, two levels. And then past the square is a pretty basic regular steel grandstand. But what's really neat about that square, about that castle kind of structure, is it's made of old shipping containers that have been like stacked and repurposed. And, and it's, it's really, uh, almost bizarre, but, uh, but totally unique. And when you get inside, it is probably the one spot I've ever been where it actually looks like the lacrosse team plays there. There's banners up for, uh, for big players, for the machine. There are, uh, other banners, um, and promo stuff. They have a ton of video boards there, which, uh, the machine used to, to their advantage. And, uh, Paul, I know I, I sent you this message before, and uh, I don't even know if you noticed right away, there are no football lines on the field. That that's is the, always a plus. That is the way that lacrosse should be watched. That's the way that soccer should be watched. Uh, no football lines. It was That part was pretty awesome. So I was there on Saturday. Now, Columbus, uh, you've got to get your act together because the machine were playing at 5 the Columbus crew were playing at six and the Columbus Clippers were playing at seven. There is zero chance for a doubleheader there. Now the weather rolled in. So the Clippers got, uh, actually got rained out. So I was lucky enough. I went to see the Clippers on Sunday and, uh, they had a doubleheader. Now, unfortunately I wasn't able to stay for both halves and I was pretty sure the weather was going to roll in after, but it did bump the start time a little bit earlier. So I got to see the Columbus Clippers of the International League at Huntington Park. 
Um, I'm not sure if anybody's going to bring this up, but it is definitely one of the nice parks in the International League. A uh, nice downtown location, you know, a block, maybe two blocks from uh, Nationwide Arena where the Columbus Blue Jackets play. Pretty simple uh, grandstand seating, but there's tons of alternative seating. There's there's tons of... Uh, of uh, Mark Viquez social areas and uh, standing room. And if you happen to go there, uh, one thing I would say that I didn't really care for is they kind of lack, the Clippers have a huge history. Um, They've been around since like 77. And before that, you know, baseball in Columbus goes back to like the 1850s. And there's a ton of history there, but they don't, it's not obvious. They don't, um, you don't see their, their championship banners. Uh, they do have pictures of, of former players on all the section numbers, but they don't have names for them. So like, wow, that's a great looking guy from the thirties. Uh, I don't know who it is, but, uh, and that's the one thing that I would say they would need to, they would need to change a little bit. But if you do go, uh, make sure you head up to the hall of fame bar, which is above the Bob Evans stand and they have all kinds of stuff up there. Um, and that, and that was worth it. Uh, but on a busy, busy day, you're going to have a hard time getting in there. And lastly, my last piece of minor league baseball. And I mentioned this last podcast is I got to hit for the eighth time in my career, uh, star Wars night at the Buffalo Bisons at Coca-Cola field. Now I'm sure many of you, out there, I've been to a Star Wars night before, and uh, and you're probably like, yeah, okay, Star Wars night, woohoo, you know, take a picture with a stormtrooper, and maybe there's a Darth Vader, and there's an R2-D2, take some pictures, and life is good. Not at Buffalo. Uh, one of the worst experiences we had <laughs> is that we went to Rochester for Star Wars night, and we got just that. We got, you know, take a couple pictures with a couple characters. At Buffalo, it's not like that. Uh, Buffalo, they have a fan club called the Northridge. And it's a huge club, like 50 strong. They all come out in full regalia. So you cannot walk 10 feet without tripping over some Star Wars character. And they do a huge video production. So there's this whole drama that plays out through the game. So between the half innings, like, and I, I think it starts after the fifth. They do like a minute and a half drama. And then they do a couple commercials, play a half inning. Then they do another minute and a half drama. Then they do a couple commercials. Then they play another half inning. And that goes all the way through up till the end of the game. Uh, the game ends. You know, they do some promo stuff. And then they run through the whole drama together. And it culminates with this big, huge lightsaber duel on the field. Um, and then the huge fireworks, uh, the, the huge fireworks show. There is no Star Wars night anywhere like Star Wars night in Buffalo. Yeah, you're definitely, yeah, you're definitely right about, uh, Columbus. I mean, there, there's other AAA teams where there's a great history. The Columbus Jets, the Redbirds. You could talk about some of the great players that play there, like Don Manley. A lot of those Yankees that uh, led to those dynasties in the 90s came through Columbus, and yet uh, you don't see them at these ballparks. You know, some places when they do it, 
you really appreciate it. And, and Columbus definitely has enough room and, and has enough uh, style to do something like that. So hopefully they're listening to us and they'll make those changes. I wonder if it has anything to do with who those guys were. So for the longest time, the, the Clippers were with the Yankees. Yeah. And now they're with the Indians. And I'm wondering if it, if it has something to do with the Indians saying, you know what? We don't want pictures of Derek Jeter kicking that's, around our minor league ballpark. That, that, that's, that's a good question. That is definitely, that's, that might be it. That might be the nail on the head there because, uh, you definitely would want to promote Mr. Uh, Jeter or Mr. Posada and, and the like. But, yeah, they were all Yankees, not Indians. Yeah, I, I liked Huntington's Park the one time I went. Like you said, it's got a great location. And uh, Pam doesn't share my my uh, admiration for that ballpark. Cause <laughs> the one time we were there, a tornado warning was going <laughs> through Columbus, and we thought we were going to get swept <laughs> away. So being from New England, that's the closest we've ever gotten to a tornado. So. Yeah, welcome to the Midwest. Of, yeah, that kind of colored her uh, her opinion. But, yeah, the downtown Columbus. Columbus is a very underrated city. I think we've Absolutely. touched on underrated cities before, but Columbus has really got a lot of stuff to do, a lot going for it. This was the first trip to Columbus I've ever taken and not gone to Schmidt's Sausage House. Oh, love Schmidt's. That's that's a good place to be. But uh, have you ever been thermonized? Not. I have not. I have not. If if our listeners haven't figured this out, I don't know if this is on purpose or by accident. But I think all the members of this panel are also huge Man vs. Food fans. <laughs> so you could go through all the seasons of Man vs. Food, the original. I don't know. Yeah, season know one and two. Guy, uh, forget that noise. Uh, the original Adam Richmond, and you'll probably hear us talking about a man versus food spot in every show. <laughs> yeah, and there was there was another place that he went to in Columbus, the Ohio Deli, that was home to the Dagwood sandwich. But I heard that burned down. So yeah, I'm the one who told you it burned down. Yeah, okay, you're the one who told me. Yeah, I went there and I I only ate half of the Dagwood, and my stomach erupted <laughs> as I drove <laughs> on the Indy. <laughs> Uh, I chickened out. I didn't do the Dagwood. I did the one size below it, which was the Bubba. Yeah. My high school nickname was Bubba, so it was oh, a Bubba. And I just finished it. It, it. It's a good sandwich. I mean, they, it's it's very tasty. I think I saved half of it for lunch the next couple days. That's how big it was. Yeah. So Columbus definitely, uh, definitely a place to go check out if you get if you're in the area. Highly recommend Columbus and its sports facilities, Nationwide Arena. One of the better NHL arenas out there. Huntington Field is fantastic. Uh, they've got it. They were the first team to get the soccer-specific stadium. Is that correct? So and it'll be the first yes. team to see it's the one one of the first teams to see their team move if they don't save their team. Maybe, maybe. And you got Ohio State there. Yes, the Ohio State the University. Ohio State. All right. So Sean, uh, you are actually. Completed your membership, or re-upped your membership, I should say, in the 160 MILB club by uh, with a trip to Augusta, the the one new ballpark this summer, correct? That's right, yeah. So the uh, rental car agencies have a one-way special. If you rent a car in Florida and drive it back to the northeast, uh, it's about 10 bucks a day. And nice. they do this, obviously, to get the cars back up here for the summer. And then you can do the reverse trip as winter approaches when they need them all down there in Florida. Uh, so I flew down with my uh, wife and daughter, and uh, we drove up to Augusta. And uh, it was uh, the game. Fortunately, we're we're running behind schedule. The game was fortunately uh, a a doubleheader, and b it was uh, delayed a little bit by rain. So I managed to get there on time, and uh, didn't didn't explore much of the ballpark because uh, I expected to go back the next night. 
unfortunately, that game was rained out as well. Mm. You're in the middle of quite a bit of a wet uh, season down there in Georgia. So I did get the two games in, but I didn't really explore the ballpark as much as I would have liked. Uh, they do have one thing that I quite enjoy, which is 32-ounce premium beers for $7, uh, which is you know, hard to believe, but it's uh, <laughs> two of those will definitely no, last that's, that's a couple good headers. Yeah. You can get a 12-ouncer at Fenway Park for that same price. Yeah. <laughs> you like Coors Light or something. Yeah, no, these, these are nice, like, nice craft beers. You know, it's really nice. Uh, and it's a, it's a nice new stadium. It's it, like most of the new stadiums these days, they all have, they have to check all of the boxes. You know, it's sort of a single seating bowl. You've got a berm in each corner. You've got a, uh, a picnic area uh, along one, one side. Yeah, there's some outfield standing areas uh, where you can actually stand above the concourse in the outfield, that sort of thing. Uh, it's a very nice park. Um, because of the weather, it was a very small crowd, possibly the smallest they've had so far. So I didn't really get what I would say would be the full experience. Uh, but in terms of counting it, it counts. And I'll probably at some point drive back, uh, you know, maybe later in the summer when I can get a full nine-inning game in and, uh, and you know, sit back and then walk around. I'd like to get there an hour early and walk around and see everything. That's interesting. You, you said it counts. Um, so, some of uh, some ballpark chasers really uh, – are uh, I don't know what's what's the word really uh, adhere to certain rules. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Uh, yes. What do you guys think? How, how does a ballpark visit? Uh, I'm using air quotes. You can't see me on the podcast. Okay. But how does how do you make it count in your list of ballparks to visit, Mark? Well, normally I would say it has to be a game that lasts five and a half innings, but there are times where the game does get rained out after four, mm-hmm. or sometimes you get there late because of travel plans. So I count that. Uh, there are some people that count walking into the ballpark without a game. And I've gone into a discussion with a few folks, and they said, well, you've been in the ballpark, you walked around, you know the area. And I kind of agreed with them. Yeah, I see where you're coming from, but I'd like to see a game there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of on the fence with that. I think that you have to see a game. And yes. there's one gentleman, Charlie Zeb, who has a website of his own, one of the first people that I knew did this stuff. Uh, he says it has to be. It can't be an All Star game or a playoff game. It has to be a regular season five and a half inning game. And he has strict guidelines that are just ridiculous. But a full game, a full a game full that game. is scheduled with a winning pitcher, a losing pitcher, yeah. that sort of thing. That that is for me what's important. A rain out. Like I've been to games where they play two innings and it got uh, rained out. That didn't count. I had to go back. Yeah. I think you gotta have you gotta have a regular season game. And my reasoning is really simple. You can go to a lot of places that have a lot of nice stuff. You can go to a lot of places that are crappy. And it's not the same. Like, the crowd can change everything. The yeah. music they play, the food they sell, all of that's part of the whole experience. I mean, I can drive by I could drive by a stadium and, and take pictures from the outside or, or, you know, sneak my camera in the inside and take a picture. That... That doesn't count. You actually have to go with a ticket uh, and and or see press something. Pass. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. I don't think uh, for me, like sometimes, like you guys were saying, uh, you know, acts of God happen and you, traffic holds you up or the weather cuts off an inning or two. But I think if you get the majority of a game, it's good. But yeah, you can't go to an empty stadium account in my book. But that's just me. There's no rules. You do what you want. Right? <laughs> we're doing this for fun. What so, do you mean uh, there's no rules? No, no. <laughs> so, I mean, would, would you count an all-star game? If you went to the all-star game in, in Pawtucket, would that count as seeing a, a Paw Sox game? Or? See, Dave made a good point. 
I would say before, I would say yes, absolutely. Um, yeah. Some football places I've been to have only been during preseason, but I count them. I've been there for a whole game. I know it's different than a regular season game and the playoff, a playoff game I would absolutely count, yes. even though you're getting their best foot forward. But, you know, it's like saying I wasn't at the wedding because it was a special event. A playoff game I would count. <laughs> okay. But, you know, to each his own, whatever, whatever makes your list. I know there was some guy who, in one of the ballpark groups I follow, that he was trying to get into like five or six major league ballparks in one day. Like mm-hmm. he would go to the game, step foot inside, and then hustle off to the next game. Like that to me that doesn't mean anything. Wow, yeah. you're just you're not really experienced right. you're anything not at, when you do something at a ballpark. Like that. You at least see an inning. Yeah. Sure. Well and it's all about having fun. Yes. Yeah. All right. So um my trips, I, I kinda stayed local this weekend. I went to Fenway Park. I mean we've talked about Fenway a lot, so I'm not gonna Go into it. There's really not a, if you've been to Fenway Park last year, not a whole lot is new this year. I'd say the biggest change at Fenway is Sam Adams is now the official beer of the Red Sox in Fenway Park. So now you can get Sam Adams everywhere and the big Budweiser deck in right field is now called the Sam Adams deck. And there's a giant statue of Sam Adams up there. So, you know, I had a beer with him while I was there. <laughs> and uh, Sam Adams, you know, way, it doesn't even compare to Budweiser. So much better. Uh, I went to McCoy Stadium for Star Wars night this past Saturday. Uh, and we had talked before about how disappointing it is that the Paw Sox seem to really be losing the attention of Rhode Island and how the crowds are really disappearing. But there were, for sat- this game on Saturday night, there were 11,445 fans there, which was the 10th largest crowd in McCoy Stadium's 76-year history. Wow. So it was fantastic, and it brought me back to the days where I was running the concession stands and just wall-to-wall people and craziness. It was fantastic. Yes, Dan. I'm going to be a nerd for a second. Why was it Star Wars night this week? I don't know. Why not? Because it was the 34th anniversary of Ghostbusters being released. Not one goddamn Ghostbusters celebration. <laughs> what? 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 Dan, you are aware that I have met two of the Ghostbusters. Yeah, thank you for reminding me. I appreciate that. <laughs> you know, very I want to say that somewhere in my travels, I've I've been to a Ghostbusters night. It was in Mo- the Milwaukee Wave indoor soccer team had a Ghostbusters night. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, whatever. not a baseball team, but an indoor soccer team in Milwaukee. There was a I've baseball- been to Batman yeah. night in in Rochester. They yeah. brought in uh, Julie Newmar and the Batmobile. Well, that's cool. Cat suit. I mean, no, no offense. I'd go to see Julie Newmar anywhere. Um, <laughs> they did have a night. I forgot the team. I know somebody here will know it. Where Bill, they had a Ghostbusters night. Bill Murray was there, and he threw out the first pitch. That's minor league, and now I can't remember what the heck team it was. I'll look it up in a second. Oh, well, the, Bill you Murray know is part owner of several minor league ball teams. Yeah, Charleston. I think he was inducted to the the South Atlantic League Hall of Fame. If I remember reading that correctly one of my media guides on my trip uh, yeah that's awesome i just it was weird because this weekend oh never mind nerd stuff continue <laughs> uh yeah that's actually where i met bill murray was at the brockton rocks he's part owner oh wow uh let's see where else did i go the last two weeks i went up to see the new hampshire fisher cats yesterday uh not a truly remarkable park um it's a toronto affiliate so the most remarkable thing is there's a hotel overlooking the field, just like there is in Toronto. <laughs> is anybody fornicating? Uh, they make you sign. I've stayed at the hotel. They make you sign a waiver. 
God. <laughs> now they said it's Paul. I think what? maybe they saw me coming. Nobody wants to Close see your eyes. <laughs> is it uh, is it part of the ballpark? Like in no, like no, in not. Toronto, or is it just like sort of over it's overlooking the left center field wall? Uh, like Fort Wayne kind of thing. Yeah, more like that. You can't. They they do have a deck out in center field where you, if you're a hotel guest, you can hang out and watch the game there at no charge. And the big news in New Hampshire right now is the team have got there. Um, prospects galore. Vladimir Guerrero's kid is there. Craig Biggio's kid is there. Dante Bichette's kid is there. And they are all tearing up AAA. So, Isn't there a Roger Clemens game? He is not in New Hampshire. I think he's one level below. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, they stole nine bases in the game I was at yesterday. Wow. <laughs> I think Bichette is leading the league in stolen bases, and Guerrero's leading the league in batting. Yeah, he's hitting something ridiculous like 426 or something like that. Yeah, yes. he's going to be good. And and everybody's crying up here because he's on the DL for like four weeks with a knee injury and everybody's freaking out. Uh, the news as to what what uh, Vlad Guerrero is doing is far more important up here than what the Jays are doing. Mm. <laughs> well, didn't the Jays sweep the Orioles this weekend? They oh, did, on. but... But I don't think that's a. I don't think that's, that's not saying much. Stop. Well, the Mets scored one run against them in two games. So, right. I yes, I went to one. I went to that one nothing game. That was oh a lot of fun. I, I, you know, the, the Mets can score more than one run a game. Like, oh, that's never two mind. last night. They scored two, and they had a the Lugo had a, sh, a pitch a shutout. They <laughs> just released Adrian Gonzalez today, yeah. so well, all yeah. of their woes are gone. Oh, there was Dominic Smith is going to be twenty million dollars. I do hope that they keep <laughs> Joey Bats until they visit Toronto next month. Yeah, I that do like. Cool. Well, how's he doing now? I know I, I, his first few weeks he had more hits <laughs> with the Mets than he did his entire stay with the Braves. So, but uh, unlike every other Met, he probably is going zero for three with three strikeouts. All right, uh, folks. I hope you have a little bit of time to stay with us tonight because apparently we are going to go well over our hour. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, mo- uh, mo- probably most interestingly, in the last couple of weeks, I went to a couple of old, old timey ballparks that used to host minor league baseball that are now being used for summer collegiate leagues. So I went to Muzzy Field in Bristol, Connecticut, which hosted the Bristol Owls of the Colonial League back in the 30s and 40s, Ooh. and also more recently the. Red Sox. Britain Red Sox uh, back in the 70s. So players like Jim Rice and Fred Lynn went through there at that time. And uh, Muzzy Field is so old that the first home run that was hit there was hit by Babe Ruth. They have a sign <laughs> commemorating that. Yeah. Uh, and I also went to – where was I? Oh, it was yesterday. I was at home Nashville. in Nashville, New Hampshire, which is one of my favorite ballparks. It's a neat little ballpark. It's got an old – it was built in the 30s. It's got a nice old-timey brick grandstand. An interesting piece of trivia, all the seats at that ballpark were from Fulton County Stadium in Atlanta. So the seats that are there have outlasted not only Fulton County Stadium, but (laughs) Turner Field. Turner Field. Well, good. Yeah, I got to go to Holman last year myself, and I was pleasantly surprised because I had just seen a game in Lowell that afternoon, which was a dirge to me. (laughs) But uh, Nashua, very just quaint little setting. It's what minor league baseball really should be all about. And uh, they uh, great staff. They had some nice food options, beer options. I remember being fairly cheap because I think I bought about three pints when I was there. But uh, I had a great time. And I remember the left field, they had their scoreboard, which if you stood underneath it, the sound system just gave you this, just screeched your ears like somebody was, you know, 
trying to tear your ears apart. So that was, that was quite an experience going there and not realizing it. But yeah, a, a nice old ballpark. Muzzy Field is a, also a very ancient looking place. Cheap food, cheap tickets, and uh, just a, another another type of experience one will get. And it's good to see these both are being used, utilized in uh, going into the twenty twenties. And, and there's examples all over the country that uh, Mark, you were at Macon, Georgia, and the same thing is happening there. Yeah, Macon. I mean, it's you know one thing when you walk into Macon. Now, one thing I got to say about Macon when you pull in, there's only one small road going into the stadium. Be nice if there was a few more roads because traffic can be a bear going in and coming out. Uh, but when you walk into it, it has this classic make, it says, uh, making baseball stadium. You walk in there and you get underneath the grandstand. Seats are comfortable. They've been updated. It's a completely covered grandstand. Uh, beautiful, beautiful seating capacity. I mean, you're not too far from the action. Uh, when you're there with a bunch of people, it's it's a great time because you're cheering, you're you're talking, you're enjoying the game of baseball. And one thing nice about there, if you want to sit in the beer garden, the social area, you can sit in the beer garden, and you got even better views of the of the field. So it's uh, that's what you want to see. You don't want to see these parks being knocked down. You don't want to see them being raised. Or you don't want some fly by night operation coming in there and say, "Hey, we're going to do A, B, and C." Places like the Coastal Plain League and the Future College and the New England Leagues, they're pretty reputable. They, they know what they're doing. I mean, they, they've had some hit and misses in the past, but, you know, places like Nashua, Macon, I'm trying to think what else is out there. Richmond, Indiana has an old ballpark that's being used for uh, Collegiate Woodbat League as well. Uh, Danville, in, uh, Illinois has another ballpark built in 1947 by the Dodgers. Just classic stadiums that you don't see anymore. They'll never build them like that anymore. But if you live by one of these or you happen to be on a travel, look at a map, see when they're playing, and just take in a piece of nostalgia. You will be thankful for it. Couldn't say it any better, Mark. Thank you. All right, Dave. Dave. I think we should – I want to move to Danville because they have 104 days of summer vacation. (laughs) You don't want to move to Danville. I am a little bit worried of the (laughs) amount of evil that's happening there. But 104 days of summer vacation, I don't know. Danville also has a federal hockey league team, so there you go. <laughs> oh, my goodness, the Dashers. I have not done a review of those guys yet. I don't know. I, I don't uh, think you, Paul really requested one. You guys either have no kids or your kids are too old because that one totally went over your heads. I, I think it did. I All of my students who love Phineas and Ferb oh. <laughs> know that the song starts off with that there's 104 days of summer vacation. And oh, I tell them man. all the time that I'm moving to Danville because they have 104 days of summer vacation. All right. There's our obligatory Phineas and Ferb reference. So let's move <laughs> on into our discussion of some of the best minor league ballparks in the country. Sean, you're, you are our guest, our expert. So why don't you start off our discussion with a couple of your favorite spots? Okay. So obviously I've been visiting parks for many, many years. So some of the parks that I went to 15 years ago say have probably changed so much that I wouldn't recognize them if I went back. So the things I'm going to talk about are parks I've visited in the last year or two uh, only. So some of the parks you know that I went to in 1993, yeah, sorry. Uh, and last year I did quite a bit of trips to, to complete the uh, 160. And some of the ones that I went to uh, that I had a great time for example, were in Lansing uh, in the Midwest League, the Lugnuts. That's also a Blue Jays affiliate. 
And that's another uh, nice little stadium. Um, what I enjoyed about that was it's right next to a brewery. And you can drive in and you can park at the brewery. You can get there, say, a couple of hours before game time. And you can have a flight or a couple of pints. And then you can leave your car and just walk over to the stadium. They don't mind. And then you can enjoy the game. And by the time the game is done, you know, the, the booze is worn off and you can drive back to your hotel. So that's the sort of thing that I really enjoy. Paul? I did something similar when I went to Lansing. There was a, about two blocks from the stadium is a, an old restaurant with a big train in the front. And so we did the same thing there. We parked our car there, had dinner, and then went over to the game. Yeah. Exactly. Things like that. That For me, it's more than just a stadium. It's the overall experience that I'll remember. And Lansing, that was nearing the end of my, my trip. Uh, that was, I think, the second last park. That was number 159. So I had a bit of a special uh, meeting. I was with some friends who had flown down from Ottawa to join me for the end of the trip. So it was a you know, great overall experience. And we saw some future Blue Jays as well. Uh, going out west, I also did quite a bit of traveling out west last year to the Pioneer League and the Northwest League. And these are some great old stadiums. Uh, Spokane is one. Uh, the Spokane Indians. Uh, they have a, an old stadium that used to hold a AAA team. So it's big. It's a big stadium, but now it's a Northwest League team, so it's short season A ball. So they're not attracting big crowds. So you have this big stadium with a relatively small crowd, but still all of the amenities are there. Some great beer, great food options. Uh, Free parking, of course, which is always important, especially at the low levels. Uh, some places, you know, now they're charging five dollars for eight-ball parking, which I just I don't agree with at any at any time. Uh, I heard Kane County was ten dollars. They're charging. Really? Yeah. Yes, it is. I was there last summer. Wow, that's okay. that's incredulous. Crazy. Yeah, um, and I just I, again, I met you, know, talked to some of the the staff there, and, and got to know them, and it was just such an enjoyable experience uh, in Spokane. Uh, and another couple of places in the Pioneer League, one was Idaho Falls. And, uh, you know, that's obviously, uh, not a place that you're going to go to, uh, for any other reason probably than to see a Chukers game. And within that stadium, uh, there's a, there's an old style, um, uh, a Hall of Fame that's worth seeing. And that just adds to the whole experience. Um, when you're there, uh, you, you walk in and you're seeing all of this old stuff on display that is curated by one individual. Uh, and it's, it's really incredible. And that you know, just makes the whole evening worthwhile. Uh, Grand Junction is another place, uh, almost in the middle of nowhere in Colorado, this, this stadium. Um, and they have $3 beers. I notice a lot of my uh, highlights happen to do with beer. I'm not sure why that is, but... Uh, and again, it's a, it's a big, large stadium that, uh, that attracts a smaller crowd. And so you have a lot of room. One of the things I like to do is stretch out. You know, I don't like, you know, some of these stadiums where you're kind of crowded in and, you know, trying to keep score and people are getting up. And then you, you can get a road to yourself and just relax, sit back. Uh, you know, foul balls are coming all around and people are chasing and that sort of thing. So I really enjoy, uh, that place. Uh, and then, uh, Fort Wayne, of course, us at Stadium Journey, we have a special relationship with them. Uh, that was near the end of my trip, and they allowed me to step on uh, the field and throw a first pitch when I was there. Uh, and we were—I was interviewed on the radio uh, as I was nearing the end of my trip. So that was uh, a great stadium. Again, with—I uh, believe they have a, an apartment complex above left field there, some bars uh, just beneath, so you can have a couple of beers before you walk in the stadium. Uh, it's a great little area. Uh, they really know what to do to make fans happy uh, there, and, and it was a huge crowd when I was there. Uh, Really impressive operation from start to finish at Fort Wayne. So that's just a few that I visited last year that um, you know really uh, I really enjoyed and sort of 
made me realize just why I've been doing this for so many years. It's those experiences more than just the stadium. It's the overall experience that I'll, I'll never really forget. Nice. Now, um, in Lansing, have they finished those condos that are right out over the right field wall? I don't know if they finished them now. I don't remember what the situation was last year. Uh, I'd have to look at my, my blog, um, to see what's going on there. Yeah. When I had gone there, they were, they had just started construction. This is probably three or four years back. And I remarked, when I, when we retire, this is what I want to do. I want to find a place <laughs> overlooking a ballpark, like in Fort, like you were talking about Fort Wayne, or right. something like that. I mean, that would be just heaven. Yes. Just be a sit on your back porch and just take in the game. Augusta has that under construction as well. Uh, a lot of the stuff in Augusta is still under construction. The stadium's there. The surrounding area needs quite a bit of work, so that's another year at least. But they'll have that as well. And I've noticed a few other places where those those condos are going up just behind uh, left field. Green, green for me when I retire. So it's what in a year and a half. <laughs> so, uh, so wow, you got a good uh, cross section of the country there in a AAA lo- lower minors. You got a little bit of everything in there, which is a fantastic list. So, Dave, you want to chime in with a couple of your favorites? Yeah, I, I have. Uh, like I said, I have twenty six current uh, that are that are done now, but. Of those 26, 20 are at AAA. So I'm not I'm not like Sean or, or you guys. Um, I'm not really going out of my way for anything kind of below AAA. Uh, I've, I've done, obviously, a few others, but they just happen to be there and, and on the way. And, and I'm actually doing a few, uh, a few AA ones this summer um, and a couple single-A ones. So I am branching out a little bit, but but AAA. Tri- Triple A is is kind of the one for me, and and I'm going to give you my top two from each of the Pacific Coast League and the International League. So my top one from the Pacific Coast League, which I would say is my second favorite all, overall, is uh, Salt Lake. So Salt Lake Bees, and I was extremely excited to go to this park just to be able to sit there and look out, watch the game, and then see the Rocky Mountains as well. It's there is not a backdrop in baseball that is better than that. And we talked a few a uh, few weeks ago about you know going to Pittsburgh and you got the backdrop of the of the river and the bridges and everything in downtown and that's nice. But nothing compares to the backdrop in Salt Lake. My most favorite um, of all time is from the International League and and Paul, we were talking before. The International League is so tough because there are so many great ballparks. Like, like for a league of 15, if you were to sit down, and I've done the, the whole International League, to sit down and rank them, it, it can get painful because that top chunk is so clustered together. But I have one that just sort of steps just a little bit above, and that's Durham, the Durham Bulls. I agree. It is a, like an absolutely – Absolutely beautiful ballpark. Uh, I went quite a while ago. So I went in 2011. Um, and it was kind of at the forefront of all of these extra things. So that, you know, the office spaces around, I think the TV station is, is out in right field and, uh, in left field, there's, there's office buildings and condos and that kind of stuff. Um, they have a, uh, they have a little, uh, Fenway throwback. They have the Blue Monster in uh, in Durham, and above the Blue Monster are a couple things. Uh, number one is Tobacco Road, 
which is an absolutely fantastic sports bar. Uh, you can sit out on the patio and watch the game, or you can go and sit inside with the like ginormously, massively CN Tower sized big screens and big, huge leather chairs. And you can just like sit there and eat and drink all day. And then there's the, uh, like it's almost right from the movie, the big bull, uh, the big bull billboard above left field. And I believe if you, if, if a player hits that, then somebody wins a stake or something like that. If the player wins a stake. And if, uh, if he hits it on the grass part of the billboard, he gets a salad. Okay. <laughs> um, like a lot of those, those top teams in the International League, great fan support. Uh, Durham's a great town, of course, the home of Duke University. And if you're looking for an adventure, uh, like many other, like many other ballparks, they have the engraved bricks, um, around the, around the ballpark. If you're looking for an adventure, go and find the Crash Davis, like the real Crash Davis, not Kevin Costner, the real Crash Davis brick, uh, for his leading whatever league they were in at the time. Uh, he led the league in doubles that year. And, uh, you know, being a fan of the Bull Durham movie, uh, there's a, there's a little piece of that too. So I actually have a t-shirt and they will, they will do this if you ask. Uh, they will, um, they will do like the iron on numbers and, and, and names on a t-shirt for you. So I have a number eight, uh, Davis Durham Bulls t-shirt in my closet. So. The best minor league spot for me is Durham Bulls Athletic Park. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth because I think Durham ranks up there with uh, my favorite minor league ballpark. I do like the old tobacco factory next door that has been turned into like an entertainment center, uh, complete with a Cuban restaurant and some bars. Uh, some of my other favorite ones are First Energy Park in Reading, Philadelphia. Number one, it's an old ballpark that they sort of retrofit it with some modern uh, ambiances. The place is always packed. There's always some kind of crazy activity going on. It's if you can't have fun at that ballpark, then I don't know where you can have fun at because uh, the wacky uniforms, the wacky names, the ostrich mascot running around. Uh, another place I really enjoy is um, Jacksonville, the the jumbo shrimp. Now baseball grounds of Jacksonville. I just like how that ballpark's built. It's definitely. Uh, stands out among some of the other uh, stadiums that I've uh, visited. Uh, Victory Field here in Indianapolis. I don't want to sound like a homer, but the one thing I really have to uh, praise ownership on is how that place looks as new as it did the first day it opened. Uh, they don't go overboard with uh, promotions. They don't go too crazy with billboard advertisements. They just give you a simple, honest baseball stadium that has led the league in attendance the last uh, two years, 9,000 people. And there's only a couple other parks that say they, they have done that. Brooklyn, New York is another fantastic place. The sights, the sounds, the smell of seawater coming out of the ocean, uh, the hot dogs, the colors, neons. It's, it's a fun place. It's a Mets affiliate, and it just screams New York City. I, I would agree um... – and I'm not the Indianapolis homer that you are, but I have Indianapolis in, in that big chunk, Indy and Charlotte and Columbus and Durham and Lehigh Valley and Louisville 
and Toledo and Rochester. They are all <laughs> just so close together. Yeah, I can and see that. And they're all great spots. Yeah, I can definitely see that. And, uh, you know, other ones I have on my list are, uh, I had Bur- said Birmingham, South Bend, Indiana. They took a kind of a vapid looking ballpark that had a, a good structure and they made that into a really, uh, fun, wacky place, uh, affiliated with the Cubs. Uh, you know, those are my favorite ones. A lot of people always ask me, what are your favorite minor league ballparks? And, you know, I never really thought about it until I made this list. Uh, places I do want to visit is Dr. Pepper Park in Frisco. That just seems like a magical little mystery tour over there. Oh, we'll get to that one in a second. And then Lindquist Field out in Provo, Utah. You want to talk about Rocky Mountain views? Oh, yeah. Provo's they got awesome. some gorgeous views. And that's a place I would just fly to Salt Lake City, go to Provo, Ogden, go back to, uh, with it Smith Ballpark now? Yeah. 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 Go back out there to see a game and then just fly back. I've tried to convince my wife to take that trip with me. Uh, and then I know this is not a um, minor league affiliated, but my, my favorite all time minor league ballpark that's currently being utilized at this very moment is CHS field in St. Paul, Minnesota. Uh, wonderful, okay. wacky events, beautiful structure. Hopefully we'll get to talk about that another time when we discuss independent ballparks. There's a lot of fantastic minor, uh, independent league ballparks out there too, so that would be a great topic. When I when I told you guys, let's come up with a list of your favorite minor league ballparks. I didn't realize how hard a time I would have. Like Dave, yeah. you were saying, I mean, just in the International League alone, there's seven or eight that could have made my list. And a lot of the ones that I have on my list have been mentioned already, but I'll, I'll just mention a couple more. Uh, you were talking about the International League, Dave. Charlotte is one of my favorite ballparks. Just that downtown location with that mm-hmm. just jaw-dropping view of the Charlotte skyline over right field it is incredible. It's favorite. Toledo, Mark, you were talking about quirky, fun ballparks. Toledo yeah. really was one of the first ones that to take a downtown setting and put that ballpark into what was around it. So you Yeah, it fits, it fits in like a square peg. That aren't forced. That, yeah. And they didn't have a choice. Um, like there were, parts, there were parts that they were told – Listen, you want this spot, you gotta you can't tear this building down, you gotta find a way to incorporate it. Right. And we've talked about facilities that kind of try too hard. Toledo doesn't try too hard. It, it's natural. It fits into the setting and, and it's seamless. And it's a, a fantastic place to take in a game. Um, Mark, you mentioned Frisco. I would dare say that I would put Frisco at the top of my list of my favorite minor league ballparks. I, I can see that. <laughs> um I- it's really unique when you're walking up to it. It's in a it's in a uh, mall parking lot, <laughs> so you don't realize you're coming up to a ballpark, and boom, there you are. And it's not set up like your typical grandstand with a seating bowl attached to it. It's a bunch of small buildings. Mm-hmm. So when you're walking around the ballpark, you're weaving in and out of these buildings, and the concession stands are on the ground floor of these. And I think they just use it for team office space. I don't think they're used for anything else. And not to mention, there's a lazy river out in right field. Yeah. No, and, and I feel like I've done enough stories and have contacted PR and ownership from Frisco uh, that they keep saying, well, you need to come out and visit. And it's like, uh, okay, <laughs> but I haven't done it yet. But, yeah, that's definitely top of my list. Yeah, uh, and it fits in, if you're in the Dallas area, it fits in perfectly. It's like a half an hour north of yeah. Dallas. Well, I, I think once Texas opens up their new ballpark, then, uh, you yeah. know, Fit in, fit, uh, fit in uh, Frisco and, and something else along those lines. So, yeah, 2019. Course, yeah, of course, with it being in Texas, you can get some great barbecue there as well. So you can, you know, get a big uh, 
you know, pull pork sandwich, get on an inner tube and float around a lazy river and look at the girl bikinis <laughs> for a couple hours yeah. and watch a ball game too, man. It's all, <laughs> all the best things in life. Did you see Paul floating down with his pork sandwich <laughs> and barbecue <laughs> sauce all over his mouth? <laughs> Staring at the 22-year-old girls. Oh, get out of my head, man. <laughs> Paul has just been banned from Frisco. <laughs> Have you seen this man? I can't recognize him. Let's put some barbecue sauce on that picture. Oh, yeah. yeah that's him. No, no, nah, nah, I would not waste the barbecue sauce to get it all over myself. <laughs> Another ballpark that I really like, and this is where I might sound a little bit like a homer. No, not really, because Dan and anybody who's ever listened to Obey the Fuck knows I hate this city. Hartford. <laughs> Donuts Park. Dude. Should we sing the song? They deserve a hockey team. Actually, I do not hate the city of Hartford. I just hate the hockey fans who think they're getting NHL back. Deserve a hockey team. not going to happen. So Dunkin' Donuts Park, anybody who followed the building of that, I like Hartford also because it gave me so much writing material over the course of two years while they built it. Uh, but the final product was definitely worth the wait. It's got some really, I just said about parks that try too hard. First time I went there, I thought this ballpark tried too hard. But then as I've gone back a couple times, I found my favorite spots. Now, if you go to a game in Hartford, get upper deck tickets deck. and right field. Yeah. They've got a double deck in right field, which they actually ended up building because of a construction area error too close to home plate. So they put a big net over the front of it and the net is now in play. That's right. So, but if you're on the upper deck, you're in home run territory. And man, those balls come at you fast. The last time I sat up there, four balls came at us, including one that came right at my wife. She got out of the way. And of course, my reaction was, why didn't you catch it? And she said, did you see how fast that thing was coming at me? And she made the right choice. I was just kind of giving her a hard time. Um, yeah, I had a chance to go to Hartford last year. And you're absolutely right. It's a ballpark that doesn't doesn't try too hard. It's it's not crazy with all these different little uh, vantage points, but yeah, that double deck area uh, de- definitely is the standout uh, part of that ballpark. Just to sit up there with uh, a couple beers and a hot dog, mm-hmm. or you know, just watching the game with friends and family, it's it's truly something a lot different than what you would get at some other places. And definitely stands out amongst the uh, cookie cup cookie cutter yeah. ballparks up in New England in the Northeast yeah. or Rome um, and Lexington. Yeah, a couple other ones I wanted to mention real quick uh, <laughs> when I went to Round Rock, Texas. Really nice ballpark. Again, they have a double deck uh, oh. seating area out in left field. I'll be there in July. Nice ballpark. Um, when I went to Omaha last year, I really fell in love with the place. Not, it's a simple ballpark, and it's out in the middle of nowhere. But I just, I had the best time there. Just, it was a relaxing, wide open ballpark. Maybe because I caught a foul ball right as I walked in the door. Maybe that's mm-hmm. why. And another ballpark that nobody mentioned was Staten Island. Yeah. The view alone. The ballpark is but the view, watching the barges go past and seeing the Manhattan skyline in the distance. Yeah, I'll give you the views. I'll give you the views. But from my experience, just very vapid ballpark. But, you know, maybe I need to go back. It's been a while. I prefer that that one over Brooklyn. Oh, you're nuts. Brooklyn is, you know, well, Brooklyn fits in perfectly being on Coney Island. Yeah, Brooklyn is just. But if you. For me, Same I asylum. like the relaxed, laid-back place. So Saturday, okay. it's yeah, well, yeah, it's definitely relaxed and laid-back because nobody goes there. I mean, they're charging like twenty-five dollars a ticket there at one point. Yeah, that's good. I can only match what they charge for parking. And I'm coming in from New Jersey. I yeah, shoot, I'm not going to pay eighty dollars to go see a minor league game in front of nobody. 
Who cares how the views are? If I want to see New York, I'll just drive on, just drive on the uh, bridge on the Parkway and take a look over there. I can see the skyline perfectly. Interesting. I much prefer Staten Island to Brooklyn. Same oh. spot. Yeah, just because I live here. It's uh, thanks, John. You can be on there. Yeah, yeah, it's easy to get. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, you can take the ferry right over there. It's right next door to the ballpark. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, aware of the name change that they're doing coming up. Pizza rats. Pizza rats. Kind of uh, interesting. Just a few days this season, they're going to brand themselves as the Pizza Rats. Yeah, it's just going to be on Saturdays. Yeah, but I like that name, and that was one of when they were going to change their name a couple years ago. That was one of the finalists. And I had voted for that. And when I first saw it, I said, oh, cool. They're finally going with the pizza rats. And then I realized it's just one of these yeah. Saturday night uh, monikers. But I, I like the logo. I mean, yeah, that's it's, really cool. It's they did a nice job on that. And I, if you're listening, Staten Island Yankees, change the name, yeah. change it to the pizza rats. You know, you, you get lost being called the we can call you the baby Yankees as a nicknamer or baby bombers, but just. Pizza rats. You'll sell so much merchandise. You'll be counting the money. You, you can charge less for your tickets after that. Well, this is a topic we're going to save for another episode, the, the rebranding and the food yes. names and stuff, because oh, yeah. I, I think it's something that, that we could probably spend an hour just talking about that. I, I mean, every Mark, day somebody's come up with a new name. I exactly, can't keep up. Exactly. Yeah. Um, are there any ballparks that anyone has that stands out to them that we haven't mentioned yet? We've probably touched on a good two dozen ballparks or so. Yeah, I, I should add Lakewood, New Jersey. Oh. Yeah, Lakewood, New Jersey has a great ballpark, and I failed to mention that they added a, a putt-putt golf. And uh, what else did they add there? They added something else. They added, like, uh, more Jersey Shore foods there this year. I'll actually be out there Thursday and Friday and uh, hopefully get to see the new things. But another ballpark built in 2001 that is clean and looks as sharp as it did 17 years ago. So they, they don't want the one that has the lifeguard chairs in the outfield. Is that correct? Yeah, they have the lifeguard chairs, but a nice big open ballpark. If you compare it to Trenton or Somerset or, you know, even some of the, uh, even I guess Staten Island, uh, it's a wraparound concourse. I think it's the only one like that in the area. Always a plus for me, the wraparound concourse. Dave. Yes. Uh, being in the great white North and Sean would, I'm sure agree with this. We are not known for great ballparks. And the best ballpark, I would say, in all of Canada is uh, Scotiabank Field at Nat Bailey Stadium in yep. Vancouver. An oldie but a goldie. Uh, that's it the is, only one, man. It's an old – yeah, it's the only affiliated uh, It's the only affiliated ballpark. Wow. It used to be a AAA park back when, uh, you know, Edmonton had a team and Calgary had a team. And then, you know, Baltimore. nobody wanted to travel there anymore. And, uh, yeah, just an old, old school um, – Old school building, uh, they get a great crowd for single A ball there. Um, they could probably put a triple A team in there again, and 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 I think they get kind of triple A numbers. Uh, but you know, for a single A park, it's it's pretty awesome. But just to uh... yeah, I, I actually that was the first ballpark, a minor league park I ever visited because. Uh... I happened to be living in Vancouver back in the 90s, and that's where I fell in love with minor league baseball. And there's a AAA park. Uh, the White Sox were actually uh, the affiliate uh, for one year, and Sammy Sosa played there. Oh, wow. Bef- yeah, before he was famous, before he was uh, steroided, before he was white. Uh, <laughs> so all of these things. And, and I just remember thinking, that's Sammy Sosa, and, you know, 
this is of course long before the internet and then you would f- see his name in a box score for the white Sox, and they became an angels affiliate and people like jim edmonds came through and uh it was just fantastic to go down the tickets were so cheap in those days you see at yeah. 25 years ago you could get in for i can't remember five bucks six bucks something like that and um, they didn't draw that well. I, you know, that you could get in. I mean, a few thousand people. Um, it was just what, what an experience. What a ballpark. And I haven't been back since they become uh, the the shorty affiliate. And that's something I really need to do uh, probably next year. Yeah, it's it's one of those spots, and there are a few around the league, uh, a few around many leagues. But it's one of those spots where you could probably spend a whole three hours just walking around looking at stuff and not catch any of the game. Like there's, there's so much stuff, uh, old pictures and, and, you know, old artifacts and whatnot to look at that, uh, that you could be amused forever. Yeah. Well, my first minor league game was, I think 1988. It was uh baseball city, Florida. Uh, the Royals had their spring training there and they had a Florida state league and there might have been about 12 people in the uh, audience. It was part of Boardwalk and Baseball Amusement Park. I did get to see Ed Hearn, who was the backup to uh, Gary Carter on the 86 Mets. That's right. But uh, I, I fell in love with baseball then, and even though it was a small little crowd, because growing up in New Jersey, we didn't have minor league ball until 1994. So I was a teenager by then. Can you imagine uh, what life would have been like if I was able to check out some more minor league games as a youngster? Well, I guess surprise if we're going in the way back machine. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> my first minor league ball game was at McCoy Stadium back in 1974. Wow. Uh, and McCoy Stadium was a much different place back then. We won't get into it right now. But uh, it was, yeah, it was a 4,000 seat piece of garbage <laughs> <laughs> before uh, Ben Mondar came in and really saved the franchise. Yeah. Uh, since we're all going back to my first minor league ballpark, um, my first minor league ballpark, it's amazing that I have still gone to see minor league baseball because my, I can't even remember what the name of it was. Uh, Sean, I know you've been there. I think it was Lynx Stadium when I was there. Oh yeah, yeah. Ottawa. Ottawa, In those days. Ottawa Lynx, but it, it's gone through a number of different, yeah. uh, number of different names, but that was my, that was my first minor league ballpark and, uh, like I said, amazing that I went back and saw minor league ball after that. All right. Our Southern listeners would say, man, you were doing such a good job. You were covering South, West, North, and then you had to go back to Canada, damn it. it. It happens. I can tell you about Ottawa. I remember, you know, before the internet, I was in Ottawa back in 1996, and we just happened to read the newspaper that they had a minor league baseball team. And we're like, okay, let's go check it out. And, I don't know what our thoughts were because, you know, it was in our infancy of going to minor league ballparks, mm-hmm. but uh, I think it was called Ottawa Stadium back then. And uh, you're right. It's how many, I don't even know who plays there anymore. The Ottawa Champions, I yes. believe. Ottawa Champions of yep. the Can-Am League. So yeah. I don't know what they draw. I don't know if they updated it since 22 nope. years ago, but <laughs> it probably shows its age, and that's a reason why it's not a AAA ballpark anymore. They, they built just at the wrong time. They, they built yeah. sort of a very standard stadium with no amenities whatsoever. Yeah. Just before the retro ballpark craze yeah. hit, and uh, they lasted what thirteen years there, maybe. Yeah, they did. They did. What about Edmonton? Do you think they kind of missed the mark too with uh... Telus Telus Field? I, I saw a game in Edmonton, and so... uh, yeah, just the, their last season. I liked it there. I thought it was kind of cool because one of the yeah. things you're so far north, 
so far west that the uh, the sun doesn't set till ten thirty. No, you're right. <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, well, and, and Edmonton was kicked out of that league essentially, right? Like the the other partners in the uh, Pacific Coast League uh, decided they just didn't want to travel there anymore. And yeah, it's a little bit of a burden. Edmonton had good support, but you know there was like, uh, nope, we're not going there, and that franchise ended up being Round Rock. Okay. Yeah, it's like Ottawa is not Lehigh Valley. So uh, let's let's take a second before we wrap up. Let's uh, we talked about all of our favorites. Let's let's be awful and be mean <laughs> girls. Let's talk about some of our least favorites. I'm gonna go first. Oh, wow. First, I got three here. My, my three. first one surprise. Dan, uh, yeah, you know what one of mine's gonna be. I think um, Richmond is one of the ballparks that I was very disappointed in when I visited there. Um, I don't know if any of you guys you guys have probably all seen Richmond. It's like they took a big slice like you cut a piece of cake out of that old veteran stadium and <laughs> plopped it down right off the highway in Richmond and the concourses I don't know when we went there they were the, still the Richmond Braves so this is a little ways back yeah. and we noticed that like on the concourses lots of things were leaking and it looked really dirty and dingy and the concourse is really narrow and this ballpark seats probably what 13 14,000 so if they ever got a big crowd there I can't imagine where all those people would go so that was one of them. Uh, another one, and Andrew Kulik is going to kill me for this, but Buffalo, man. I was so disappointed in Buffalo at Coca-Cola Park. I don't know if you guys, what you guys think. You guys have all been there. You know Buffalo. what? It's, uh, it's a, I liked it. It's, I've been there a couple times in my life. I didn't have a problem with it, but you know, if I went back, maybe I would have a different opinion. Uh, it did kind of, it was kind of the pre, pre-Camden ballpark. It sort of set <laughs> off a revolution in minor league baseball, but. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to believe for me that that was built to be expandable into a major league ballpark. And, Mm -hmm. you know, with the view, you know, we we were talking about ballparks with great views of mountains (laughs) or downtown skylines. When you're in Buffalo, you look out to center field, what do you see? An on-ramp. Yeah. (laughs) I I saw a game there, 29 degrees Fahrenheit. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo was supposed to be, it was built for the, for the majors and they have shrunk it significantly. Um, I don't know. It's it's not awful. Uh, great location. Great location. Yeah, a good location. It uh, it benefits, especially now. Um, you'll hear Jays fans go down to Buffalo and talk about, wow, what a great park this is. And you know they've never been anywhere else. <laughs> They're probably right. <laughs> well, that sounds like the people who don't want to replace McCoy Stadium because they think it's great. Like, <laughs> go somewhere else, please. Uh, uh, my, my candidate it needs for, some help. It does yeah. need some help. The concourse, too, for a major league ballpark. I can't imagine that. Dark. It's dark and narrow and small. But my least favorite minor league ballpark out of the ones I've been to is in Dan's neck of the woods in Woodbridge, Virginia, uh, the Potomac, uh, Potomac. National Fitzner Stadium. Oh, oh, God. If you literally just built a steel frame through seats against the sun so you always burned your neck, that is Peanut Stadium. It is well, absolute I mean, that's garbage. Thirty-five-year-old ballpark. It's that's what people. That's how they used to build them. It's amazing how that has survived. It, well, it, thirty-five-year-old. It looks no like class about, or character whatsoever. It looks like it's about a seventy-year-old ballpark with a well, <laughs> like, it's, it's like an erector set. Oh, you know, it's what I, Harrisburg used to look like way back when. I cannot yeah, over, yeah. overemphasize how bad it is. Like. I, I I don't have words for it. I 
The city is and confusing. Tr- yes, There's three section ones. That, I don't understand. <laughs> and they've been trying. They've been trying. They had plans for a new stadium, and it absolutely fell apart. I don't want to localize my location any more than uh, Paul has, uh, but. Just, I said you're neck of the woods. You could be a half an hour away. That's very true. Um, I am a half an hour away, Paul. Uh, you're Big Bone Lake, Kentucky, man. Exactly. <laughs> I'm more than a half an hour away. No, it's just it's it's bad. Like I can understand, like at first being a ball player, like oh, I'm, I'm this close to the big leagues, and there's so many guys from the Nats that have come down to rehab, and and I'll I'll go see some games because I have no affiliation that comes to play here as far as the Phillies go. So I have no no horse in the race, but then after a while I can understand like I don't want to play anymore. This sucks. <laughs> I can't I can't do it. I can't believe, I can't imagine what the facilities look like down there. I know the dugouts look like just big boxes. Uh, they, yeah, <laughs> essentially, yeah, yeah. And no matter where you sit, like I said, the sun will beam onto your neck and burn you alive. Dave, you got a couple uh, entrants here. Well, I am. We talked about this before. Uh, Lloyd Brown, I'm letting you off the hook. <laughs> but I am going to. Uh, I'm going to throw somebody else under the bus. Another Stadium Journey correspondent who is uh, as equally sweet and nice. And I'm going to throw Meg Menard under the bus because my least favorite is Colorado Springs. <laughs> it is like it. a, it's like a really nice beer league stadium (laughs) and it's in the back of a neighborhood like i i swear i felt like i had played on that field at one point in time (laughs) now it's it's pretty bare bones but what it will be uh not next year but or not this year but next year it will be really good because it's going to be a single a stadium as that whole dance where San Antonio's getting a team and uh, Amarillo's getting a team and boom, 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 they're all moving around. And uh, I think it's a team from Montana is yes. moving to Colorado Springs. Helena. Helena. And they're all owned by the same dude, man. <laughs> but yeah. Sorry, Meg. Love you lots. Noish. Colorado Springs. Ugh. And you won't, you won't say it, Dave. I'll say it. The other one Dave was going to talk about was Gwinnett, Georgia. I didn't say that. Which is not a bad ballpark. It's just I think it's location. It's location is terrible. Yeah. Location, 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 and, a- and access getting to and from it. Yeah, it's a terrible. And they charge for parking too, don't they? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they that's a pet peeve of mine when they char- when they hold you hostage. You're only out yeah. the park. You, you know what I usually do when I when I go to a stadium and and they're saying they're charging for parking. I show them my business card and I say, Hey, I'm with the media, and they'll let you park for free. <laughs> And most of the time, I mean, I would say 99% of the time I am there <laughs> to cover the stadium. So I'm not trying to fin- abuse my privilege. Any, uh, any but, least favorites for you, Mark? You know what? Uh, a lot of the Florida State League stadiums are, are just too big for me because they, they're built to house spring training. So by the time baseball season comes, uh, they're either rained out or you have a few people sitting there. So I know Fort Myers, I was a little bit disappointed in because I heard a lot of great things about this facility. And when I arrived there, uh, two days in a row, there had been some heavy rains and I was really unable to take in a game and, and see what all the fun is good is what they promote. And so a lot of fun. Lowell, Massachusetts, I wasn't impressed with that stadium. It uh, felt very bare bones and 
just kind of, you know, there, there was a lot of fans there. So I have, I have to say the fans were kind of in the mood. It's a nice town, especially if you're with the kids. Uh, I just, okay, you're shaking your head. We, we thought there was a lot of cool stuff to do before the game. Uh, I just, yeah, I just want to get the heck out of there. Uh, Beloit, Wisconsin is one of those old relics of the 1980s. It's still hanging on. It's still baseball. Not so long, aren't they building one in Madison? Uh, they're building one in Madison, but that's going to be for the, the mobile team. Beloit, Wisconsin is in the Midwest League and it's just, it just is in the right location. I'm surprised it hasn't moved yet, but it's, yeah, it's it, an old style state. Yeah. It's aluminum bleacher seating. Cheap beer prices though. If they can just add a little TLC, we'll give it a, tr- give the same treatment they gave the Charlie Brown's Christmas tree. Mm-hmm. You may have something pretty wonderful there, but as yet to see. And, uh, AAA Y Syracuse, New York is probably one of my least favorite. Uh, ballparks just because it was another built in the wrong location. Hopefully the Mets can do something good with it next year. God bless and them. Also, when they built Syracuse, they copied Norfolk's plan. Yeah, and North- it's a carbon copy of Norfolk. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it, you're you're probably right, but Norfolk has that wonderful bay in the background with the. Yeah, it's in the harbor. Yeah, it's in the harbor. But even even that sometimes you know eh, it's a little, little bit outdated as well. But that's not up to me. I, I don't own the stadiums, you know. Retrofit your ballpark. Well, you know, even the even the worst stadium is still a great place to be, right? We can yes, all agree on that. Absolutely, Sean. Any uh, of the one sixty that stand out yeah. negatively to you? Uh, I'd have to go way back since you know, as I approached the end, I became quite positive in pretty much every stadium I went to, always looking for the unique thing and and you know, trying to be you know, very optimistic. <laughs> but going back to like my first trip in two thousand one, I didn't enjoy Bowie, Bowie, Maryland. I don't oh, know. Just not a nice place. Again, and a lot of it has to do with driving there, traffic, especially around rush hour. If you're getting going for a seven o'clock game and you know you're just stuck in traffic, and I found that uh, to be just a little bit of an unpleasant experience. And boy, I believe there were mostly metal benches at that time. I don't remember there being uh, the comfortable seats. Uh, it might have changed, and this is 17 years ago now, so uh, I don't remember the details. Uh, Round Rock charges ten dollars for parking. That just annoyed me right oh, off the bat. It's a beautiful park. You know, right away I'm I'm okay. Well, I'm not going to have any beer tonight, I guess. So uh, they had the Salt Lake restaurant there, so I just went over there and parked at the restaurant and walked over. Oh, well, now I know. <laughs> um, Modesto. I had a, an experience there. I was taking mm. pictures for my blog, and somebody came out from security and said, "Well, are you taking pictures?" Well, it's a baseball stadium. I think that happened to me. Pictures. Oh, what is? I know you're right. You got me. I'm I'm, I'm an evil terrorist. It's, you know, it's so crazy. <laughs> I just. Annoyed me so much. It's like I'm, I'm just taking pictures of the stadium. You know, I, I do it every time. This is the only place. I just remember it being Modesto, and that sort of soured me on that place uh, quite a bit. And then uh, Lexington as well. I think somebody mentioned Lexington. I went there in 2001, their first year, and uh, because it was so busy, it was so crowded, uh, there were no. It was sold out. That we were sitting out in the outfield. And I remember thinking, this is this is insane, uh, and I didn't really have a chance to experience that ballpark because I was out in the outfield, which for minor league baseball is very rare. Uh, that you don't have any infield seats available. So again, that's mostly based more on the experience than the actual ballpark itself. Sure, sure. I know Bowie is uh, actually, from what I've heard lately, um, it's really kind of falling. The ballpark is really falling into a little bit of neglect. But my last trip there was probably about five or six years ago, and I they had the meanest usher I've ever come across <laughs> in my travels. This was we were there on on a night where there was probably maybe fifteen hundred people in the ballpark. But her section down in the front, you know, it's it's one of those ballparks where there's a lower 
section of seating. Then there's one of those moats in the middle. <laughs> then there's the upper seat. And she was, she spent the whole nine innings. This was a game that ended up being like 15 to two. And she made sure nobody sat in that section unless they had a ticket. And nobody wow. did. But I think maybe she didn't want to have to clean up the garbage afterwards. But she was militant about was nobody she, going down in her section. Was she a little sassy? She was a lot sassy. So that, that was my big memory of <laughs> Bowie, aside from one time drinking about 20 beers sitting in the in the non-alcoholic section without knowing it. And somebody <laughs> took a picture of me. And we had stacked up all our plastic empties, and we were just sitting there having a great time. Nobody said a word to us. But when we looked at the pictures afterwards, Said non-alcoholic section. There's a big sign right above us as we're sitting there with all our empties. <laughs> at least, at least five or six from. beers into it, honestly. So, man, I, I think we could probably keep this discussion going all night if we wanted to. And, that, and that's yeah. the, great, the great part about traveling. But unfortunately, we've got to wrap it all up. So we're not, uh, you know, so we're not here all night. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in and listening. And if you've got some of your own favorite ballparks you've been to that you want to share with us, you know, go to the website, uh, go to stadiumjourney.com, put in your own stadium reviews in there, go to our Facebook page and give us your input or hit us up on Twitter at Stadium Journey. We'd love to hear from you. So, um, Sean, I want to thank you for joining us once again. And once again, tell our listeners where that they, where they can follow your journeys. I'm at uh, a blog. I have a blog, sportsroadtrips.com, and I'm on Twitter at sportsroadtrips. Thanks again. Uh, Dan, do you have any trips planned? And even if not, where can your listeners follow you online? Follow me not going anywhere at DanLaw83 in more ways than one. (laughs) Mark, do you have any stadium journeys planned after your big trip? And where can the listeners follow them? Well, you can follow me at uh, Twitter, Ballpark Hunter. I do fly home to New Jersey tomorrow. Thursday night, I will be in Lakewood to check out the Blue Claws. After that, I will be in Trenton to check out those thundering thunders. And uh, Jersey Flight Indoor Football may also be on my list. And hopefully, just hopefully, I can get back to Reading to see those fighting fills take on uh, Harrisburg. So, yeah, it should be an exciting few weeks, and uh, I'll be back. I don't know where I'll be the next time we do this podcast, but I'll be heading to Minneapolis. So should be exciting next few weeks. We'll track you down no matter where you are. <laughs> it's not <Hey>. too hard. <laughs> not in this day and age. That's right. That's right. Dave, do you have any stadium journeys planned for the upcoming two weeks, and where can our listeners follow them online? Well, next week I will be uh, heading to Ottawa with Ottawa. Uh, 67 grade eight students who better be good or else uh, as I'm going on the school trip. So no sports involved there, but the following weekend after that, it is August as um, the home opener is on June 23rd at BMO field. And I'm going to get to watch the gray cup banner be raised. So you can follow that on Twitter and Instagram at profan nine. Johnny Manziel, tabbies. Where's Manziel playing? (laughs) Hamilton. Hamilton. It's It's better than not playing football or playing some ridiculous spring league with four teams in it. Oh, if somebody would pay me, I'd go play. No, I mean, yeah, me too. But I mean, Johnny Manziel. I mean, just just playing Canada. Stop being a, a pain. The you know what? Okay, he's, he's got to earn the job first. Yeah, that's true too. He does have to earn the job. All right. For myself, the next two weekends are two of my favorite on the entire calendar. We're not going anywhere. Well, we're not going very far. 
But what we're doing is the Cape Cod League is starting up. And the first two Sundays of their season, every team plays double headers. And the way they're staggered and as close as all the Cape League teams are to each other, I will hit three games this Sunday and the following Sunday. Sweet. So, and, and if anyone doesn't know anything about the Cape Cod League, it's a summer wooden bat league, but it's the premier league wood bat league in the country. So the best prospects, for the most part, go out to the Cape League. Um, what was the number? It's something like close to half of the players in the major leagues, or uh, I'm probably overstating with half, but there's a, like 230, I think, major league players played on the Cape last year. So it's some fantastic baseball, and it's all free. So... Best of both worlds. So over the next two weekends, I'll be hitting games at Katuit, Bourne, Wareham, Rooster, Orleans, and Chatham, if all goes according to plan. And you can follow my stating journeys on Twitter or Instagram at PuckmanRI. And don't forget to check out our website, StadiumJourney.com, along with all of our social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Stadium Journey. For more of the best podcasts on the internet, check out HIACTalkRadio.com or follow them on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at H-I-A-C Talk Radio. Have you ever wondered how many stadiums you've been to and how that compares to your friends? Don't compare yourself to Sean, though. Or what your favorite team's record is based on only the games that you've attended? Now there's an app for that. Sports Passport, the easy way to track, chronicle, and relive every game you attend. Visit sportspassport.com or find Sports Passport in the Apple App Store today. Sports Passport is the official sponsor of the Stadium Journey podcast. So for Sean McDonald, Dan Calachico, Dave Cotney, and Mark Viquez, I am Paul Baker, wishing you all close games and safe journeys. I've traveled and had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Louisville, Nashville, Knoxville, Lombabaca, Shepherdville, Jacksonville, Waterville, Coastal, Rockland, Pittsfield, Springfield, Bakersfield, Shreveport, Hackensack, Cadillac, Fond du Lac, Davenport, Idaho, Jellico, Argentina, Diamantina, Pasadena, Catalina.